Hey everybody, this is comedian John Hepburn, and you're listening to P.S. Tape Record. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Nate Abshire. I've become a lot more comfortable with myself and just kind of, you know, leaning into the kind of person I am. Like, I, I believe that we weren't meant to have all these jobs and all these worries and stuff. I think that unemployment is the natural state of man. Nate's a very funny comedian. Uh, you might call him a hipster comedian. I don't know if he would describe himself that way, but he did a uh, little segment on one of the local TV stations for a while up there called The Hipster, so I reckon it fits. And he is a comedian from Minneapolis, as I said, and uh, we had a great chat with him. Uh, and then coming up at the end of the show, we have the song of the week from The Pains of Being Pure at Heart, who we heard from last week in the top six of 2017. Go back and listen to that. Spread the word. Always a popular episode, by the way. And then, of course, we'll talk to Nate after we get through some sort of a dumb bit here. First, there was Vanilla Coke. Then, Pepsi jumped on the bandwagon with Pepsi Vanilla. And now, Pepsi is trying to rip off Coke in an even bigger way. Introducing Pepsi Coke. It's Pepsi with the flavor of Coke. Mmm, I haven't had Pepsi this good since the last time I had a Coke. That's because the can says Pepsi, but the taste says Coke. Wow, Pepsi Coke is awesome. See, some 20-something gulped it down and said it was awesome, so it's gotta be good. And it comes in every possible variety. There's Diet Pepsi Coke 1, Caffeine-Free Pepsi Coke, Caffeine-Free Diet Pepsi Coke, Cherry Pepsi Coke, Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue, and Caffeine-Free Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue with Caffeine. Wow, I had no idea the taste of all my favorite Pepsi flavors would taste better with a taste of Coke. Take the Pepsi Coke taste test today and see if you can tell if you're tasting Pepsi or Coke or both. Pepsi Coke. It's the Pepsi name you know with the taste of Coke you love. How many times has this happened to you? I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to the restroom. Hmm. Flounders or snappers? Ooh. Let's try snappers. Ooh, sorry, wrong door. If you're a guy or girl on the go, then you know theme restaurant bathroom designations can be misleading. But now you don't ever have to be confused again because you've got the Restroom Thesaurus. The Restroom Thesaurus lists every possible combination of male-female euphemism. Blokes and birds, bantams and hands, shoots and ladders, bobsleds and moguls, endomorphs and gynecomorphs. Yes, the Restroom Thesaurus is your one-stop source for avoiding embarrassing entrances into the wrong bathroom. Seafood restaurants. Oh, let's see. Buoys and gulls, bulkheads and portholes, hornpipes and shanties. Oh, here we go. Flounders are men. All right. Never walk into the wrong restroom again with the Restroom Thesaurus because you don't want to take a shot in the dark. Nate Abshire is a stand-up comedian from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and you can catch him touring all around the Midwest and indeed across the country. Just go to nateabshire.com to find his dates. In the meantime, here now is our conversation with Nate Abshire. Hello? Nate. Hey. It's P.F. Good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, real quick, I wanted to tell you, uh, Brian Miller uh, asked me to tell you to call him. Okay. I can do that. Um, all right. 
I will, I will, when I, I will reach out via ele- electronic mail probably be a little faster because, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. I don't know if you meant literally calling. <laughs> I can do that. Um, so I know we, we've spoken in the past. I can't remember when the last time we spoke was or what we even spoke about. I think you even did the podcast. And by the way, I wanted to use this audio for the podcast again. But, um, uh, okay. but I get the good place to start would be uh, what's new with you. We can work backwards from there. Uh, well, I, this year's been, I've been focusing more on doing the stand-up I want to do, I guess, and not trying to, I guess, chase work as much. I don't know, I just, uh, (laughs) you know, the longer that you do something, the less uh, fun it is. Yeah, I can... Almost? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, and I just, uh... This year, I, I, I didn't do less stand-up, but I definitely have been not trying to, like, make anyone... Like, I'm not trying to get auditions. Like, I'm just doing stand-up now, and it's actually made me a lot happier to just do what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. That- that makes um, sense, yeah. But there's not much new. I actually this year I uh, I'm getting my taxes settled, so yeah. <laughs> there you go. So when you say you're like not chasing the work, don't you feel a little pressure though? Like, because my motto was never turn down work, and to, and sometimes that's been my detriment because I end up with a lot of stuff and I'm up till you know one two o'clock in the morning doing all the stuff I promised people I could do. And, uh, right. but then, like you said, it's, you know, maybe overall quality suffers if you're not, you know, excited about doing it. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not turning anything down. I'm just not, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I used to get really stressed out about trying to do, um, you know, like trying to get my next TV credit and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that that stuff is nice but I don't think that it's really a part of this. Like, I've been trying to focus a lot more on each set and being in the moment. And, like, because what I love about stand-up is the connection that you get between all these people. And, uh, I don't know, just uh, focusing on external stuff is just boring. It's just gotten really (laughs) annoying to me. Mostly because before that was going well, <laughs> I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, go on. This, this year has been, has been weird. I think also, like, I'm just getting old, and a lot of the way that I used to approach stand-up was as a mid-20-year-old. That makes sense, yeah. Um, and I've, I've become a lot more comfortable with myself and just kind of, uh, you know, leaning into the kind of person I am. Like I, I believe that, you know, we weren't, we weren't meant to have all these jobs and all these worries and stuff. Oh, I hear you, man. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> I got like, like I think that, I think that unemployment is the natural state of man. Yeah. And I've got five jobs, so I hear you. Yeah, and I mean, so I still do a lot of stuff, 
you know, but I'm mostly because if, uh, if I just stay in my apartment, I don't end up with anything to talk about on stage. Yeah. Cause then you, there's just not, cause then nothing happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to that end, and I, you're the first person I can ask about this. Cause I just saw this on the news this morning as in one of the crawls on our morning news has happened to see the one of the guys that helped found Facebook or one of the bigwigs up in Facebook was said that social media is destroying the social fabric of many cultures around the world. And I was wondering, you were just saying, you know, you, you really enjoy just doing stand-up, just doing the actual work. And do you feel that's like one of the last places where you could kind of have that? I know people are on their phones a lot of the time, and that's annoying, but a lot of clubs are policing that pretty well. But do you think that's kind of one of the sure. last places where you could have that? interaction with an audience and not have to worry about all the ancillary things that go around with, you know, social media and YouTube and all the other vehicles that people are on? Yeah, I mean, I think that in that regard, stand-up is definitely like an old, like it's a, it's an art form from the before time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in that it's not, like, you can become famous on the internet and that will get people to shows, but you can't really learn how to do stand-up any, any way other than doing stand-up. And, like, stand-up, at least as I understand it, requires it to be live. Like, it needs to be live. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it needs, it needs real people there. And there, there's definitely, like, examples of people pushing that mold, but <laughs> when it's the best, it's it's in a room that seats between 100 and two, two or 300 people with low ceilings and brick walls. Yeah, and I don't think people realize that, because people, you know, and I can write a joke, but when I you know, started doing open mics, I was like, oh, yeah, there's really is a lot more to this, and then watching the other folks perform, you start to realize that, oh, yeah, there's all this other stuff that actually goes into it. I mean, the jokes are like the backbone of it, but there's all this other stuff you have to hang on the scaffolding in order for it to work. Sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got to have jokes. I mean, I do I do sort of agree with that assertion that uh, social media is kind of eroding the fabric of a lot of societies just because the reason that we interact socially is for that endorphin boost. And it's necessary for our brains to be healthy and Facebook and like all the social media, they give you that, but it's not the same. It's the difference between a runner's high and heroin. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. It's a, there's an, un like one's, one's good for you and one's a assembly that creates similar feelings. Yeah, there's an unhealthy level to it because there there are still some right. positive things about social media. I do like, uh, you know, keeping up with friends that I uh, no longer see who live in Pittsburgh and California and, and Baltimore, and I would not really interact with them otherwise. Uh, you know, our lives are so busy. But then, and then that's also nice to see, even when people are whining on Facebook, I don't mind that as much because yeah. it's also that feeling of like, oh well, other people have problems too. And they always they always say that social media makes people's lives look better. Not really. Not in my news feed. A lot of people are con and there's some people <laughs> celebrating things. There's also people complaining. I had a rough day at work, or you know, I'm I'm having a my cousins do that a lot. I'm like rough day today. Hope tomorrow's better. So it's I, you know, I guess it's yeah. just like anything. It's just what you do with it. I reckon. Yeah, I mean, I uh, <laughs> I've really been enjoying the Facebook button. There's like a new button where when you go to hide somebody, 
instead of hiding them forever, there's a button that's like, take a break for 30 days. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so now, that's what I do, like, whenever something just bothers me, instead of saying anything, I just go to that, and I say to myself, take a nap, and then I click it. Uh. And then, uh, and then they're gone for a minute. Yeah, a lot of but, times. But also, like, yeah. like, I do love this aspect of social media where you can talk to people you wouldn't be able to talk to otherwise. But, yeah. My sort of, and this is a kind of a reptilian thought, is that I don't know that we're meant to stay in touch with people that we wouldn't be able to stay in touch with. Like, like it's nice that I'm still able to interact with one of my friends from fourth grade that lives in rural Texas. I like the dude. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. But I don't know that either of our lives would be different at all if we never spoke since I moved from that area in fourth grade. Hmm, that's, that's interesting. Because I've, I've got some good friends that I, uh, from Pittsburgh that uh, some are still in Pittsburgh, some, one guy's in Baltimore, and uh, I do like keeping up with those guys. And then when we were in high school, I lived in Cleveland, and I was friends with them even though from Pittsburgh because my dad lived in Pittsburgh. And uh, I would write letters and stuff like that, and uh, you know, f- calling on the phone was prohibitively expensive back then. Remember that? Jeez. Uh, long as you, you yeah, better, yeah, you yeah, yeah. just nice calling <laughs> just just calling from our suburb in Cleveland, which is in the next county to downtown Cleveland, you might as have been calling the moon. I called a radio station to request a song. My mom was apoplectic. She's like, "How can you make an expensive phone call like that?" But anyway, yeah, you can write yeah, letters, right, but, right. Who, but who the hell has the time, you know? So, yeah, I guess there's a limit. Yeah. I mean, there's some people like yeah, there's people I went to high school with and grade school that have friended me, and I don't want to be rude and not friend them. But yeah, there I guess sure. there's a limitation that if you know how important are are these people. It's interesting. Well, I mean, part of it's just also like, it's, it's like social media removes the ability to have a face-to-face conversation because if I have a good friend, even if they live in town and we're both active on social media, <laughs> I know everything that's going on. Yeah. And they know everything that's going on with me. And so when we run into each other, there's nothing to talk about unless something so salacious is going on in one of our lives that we can't post about it. Oh. Like, that's the, you know, there's nothing, there's just never anything to talk about. It's just like, oh, yeah, I saw you had a kid. <laughs> there are a bunch of pictures. Yeah. Like, um, and maybe that, I mean, I think a lot of this also might be a function of my life just being on the road a lot and missing everything. Oh, Where, yeah. like, I bet. You know, I bet people still get together and have baby showers. I haven't <laughs> seen one in years, but probably because I'm driving around all the time. Yeah. It's funny because uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go to comment on people's stuff, and I'll even type the whole comment, and then I'll be like, eh, backspace, take it off. Because either I just don't think it's yeah. worth it, or worse than that, I'm going to get a billion yeah. notifications uh, so-and-so also commented on Mike's post. Yeah, I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. care what those people had to say. I just wanted to... Yeah. There should be an option. Well, there you can turn off notifications, but God, that's just that's just more homework, and who needs that? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, my whole thing with social media and all the apps and the phones and everything is uh, they pitch... The people that produce these products pitch them to us as time savers. Yeah. Right? These things are supposed to make our lives easier. Um, but the actual goal of all of those apps is to generate ad revenue by usage. Yes. 
So their actual goal is to make you spend more time looking at it. Whatever the app is, it wants you to look at it more than anything else. And all they do is come up with strategies to get people looking at them, which, I mean, good for them. It's fine. You know, it's not like we're doing anything else. But but it's also nice to understand the real, what's really going on there. Yeah. Well, the really scary thing is there's, you know, people, they're collecting your data and they're using all the... I'm not even so scared about that as much as I'm scared about when they collect the data and then they get it wrong. I was invited, and I, I posted about this uh, last year, I was invited to like an extremely racist Facebook page, which featured a picture of our former president. It was our former president's face uh, poorly photoshopped on an orangutan. Um, it constantly tells me that, oh, the Yankees are playing the Red Sox. PF told people you're watching. I'm like... I'm not. I'm an Indians fan. I'm not watching the Red Sox and the. Or maybe it wants me to tell them that. Co- correction, everybody. It's so I can find out who's PF's team, who is it really. I, I don't know. But the, when, yeah, when it gets it wrong, that's even more frightening because then, well, what what kind of assumptions are, are they making based on this misinformation? Right. Yeah. So. And, yeah, and it's all because you know you got an email from your dad, and now. I mean, not you specifically, right, but right. someone gets an email from their dad, and then it scans the words, and now you're getting a bunch of, you know, anti- <laughs> anti-Democrat bumper yeah. stickers advertised for you. Exactly. And I think when I, I react to uh, my conservative friends, maybe it thinks that, oh, we were reacting to your conservative... It doesn't look at the context and say that I'm disagreeing with them. It says, oh, you're right. like your conservative friend, you comment on your conservative friend's post, here's a racist website you might enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've been, I've been really, fo- like, I still put out content. I still try to post jokes. Uh, lately, I've been a lot better about it. But I don't, I use, I use the chat features, and that's about it. Mm. And, uh, you know. Yeah, that's a, a I'm new. I'm just trying to. That's a new thing I've been, do, I've, I've been uh, doing. When I, I spoke to Andy Kindler a couple months ago, and he, I can't remember what comedian he he quoted, but uh, she said that I didn't realize my jokes had an answer until social media. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh, yeah. So I no longer comment on anybody's jokes. I'll just put either a, a like if it's a chuckle and the laughy face if it literally makes me laugh out loud. And that's it. Unless I know the person in person, you know, I might say something. But even at that, if you've posted a joke, I'm not going to comment on it. Unless you, unless you ask, what do you think of this joke? Then I'll. I might even. I might chime in. I might not. But yeah, yeah. But I no yeah. longer. Andy comment. Kindler's so funny. Oh yeah. Well, it was yeah, and he was referenced. It was some. Uh, I, and I hadn't heard of the gal that he quoted. It must, not not someone that moves in those same circles, I guess. That I always interview people in. But um, I'll have to go back and listen to that episode, uh, and and find out who it was. That was one of the brilliant quotes I've heard uh, of 2017. Um, no, that is a great one. Yeah. So, are you based in New York City still? Is that or? No, I live in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis, okay. I thought you were in New York for some reason. Okay, so um, so touring around a lot, but I guess it's, it's nice. That's another thing that's nice about at least about the computer age and social media is you don't have to necessarily be uh, in one of the big, big, big media centers anymore. Because you know a lot of guys here in Cincinnati, like you know, Josh Sneed and uh, Gary Owen, and yeah. they just they just live here. And if they're needed to work, they can run down to a studio and audition. If they you know they can get road work you know pretty easily. From uh, from here, so that, that's one nice thing at least. Yeah, it is. I mean, I uh, for me personally, I just like living in Minneapolis, and that's kind of where I'm at. 
I think if I moved from Minneapolis, I certainly wouldn't move to a bigger city right now. And Minneapolis but, is pretty big. Uh, I've been it's, I've been daydreaming about going on the road and just uh, living in my car, just because you know I'm a <laughs> just like I like the the freedom of it a lot, and just yeah. being able to drive around, I have a bunch of friends all over the country, and you know doing adventures. The problem with it though is that I've uh, I've been gaining a lot of weight over the last several years, just in preparation to be funny. Because I think people like their stand-up comedians to be a little portly, hmm. and um, so I got. I'm now uh, after these after these shows at Acme uh, <laughs> for New Year's week. I'm I'm going to lose the weight, but I've been I've been prepping for this week for about 15 years in terms of my <laughs> body shape. So this is the, the the big hurrah. Yeah, yeah. This is we're all going to have to say goodbye to the belly. Um, so, what, what kind of things are you talking about on stage these days for folks you know outside of Minneapolis who might want to catch you when you come to their town? I've been doing a lot of. Uh, I've been talking a lot about how unemployment is the natural state of man. That's definitely a talking point that I've got now. I uh, I talk a lot about jobs, relationships, you know, the standard stuff to connect with people um, that we all kind of go through and sort of my my general opinion of it a lot, or my general opinion of it, which is, um, I think everyone needs to relax. And I don't mean that in a political way, like, oh, yeah, yeah. you need to sit down and talk to each other. I just mean it in, like, a, like, it's only our lives. Yeah. So everyone chill out. <laughs> like, there's not, everyone gets so sort of done out of shape, and I think, you know, there's a few, I saw a really interesting, uh, post on social media actually but it was some street art and it said if you're reading this two things are true you're going to die and you haven't yet (laughs) yep which is it's like you know and i just think we all need to lean into it a little better don't sweat the small stuff as they used to say yeah yeah exactly exactly. but um but yeah on stage i'm really just I've been trying to just talk about life a lot more. Um, Like, when I started stand-up, I was 25, and that was nine years ago. Almost nine years ago. And um, I, you know, I just was doing just just jokes, you know, and I still am funny, but I'm, I'm trying to focus a lot more on the story that I'm telling. Yeah. And and being being more true to myself and and talking about what I think is true rather than what I think people are going to laugh at. Like there's still jokes in there. It's just like like for instance, when I first started, I had a like one of my jokes is um, I'm from Louisiana originally, which is surprising to people because I talk right, right? (laughs) Yeah, Um, which is true. But it's kind of like a setup punchline, like it's a just a it's just a line. Yeah. So I still say I still use that line sometimes, but it's in a larger part of talking about my family and where I'm from. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so that's sort of the difference. Instead of just going from line to line, um, I'm trying to talk about shit. Ah, very good. 
Well, cool, man. Sounds yeah. intriguing, and appreciate you taking the time. You've been down to Cincinnati before, right? You've been to... Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I worked uh, Good Bananas with Sneed, actually. Okay, there you go. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. Well, awesome. I hope you'll be down here again soon, and we'll just recycle this for uh, for that. And uh, do yeah. that officially. Awesome. Well, great, man. Have a good New Year's week up there, and uh, good luck in 2018. And, uh, and again, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks very much, man. Thanks, good talking to you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Nate Abshire for being on the show. Nate is going to be in Chicago January 15th at the Comedy Bar. And then he's updating his website now, I believe. It's nateabshire.com. There are not uh, there are not any dates listed as of yet, but I'm sure he'll be adding them as we go through 2018. So if you do see him in your town, do go see him. He's a very funny man. Uh, brings us to our song of the week. Oh, and before I get to the song of the week, I wanted to update folks on some news. Uh, we're going to have some things going on here in 2018. They're going to be very exciting. We're going to be working with uh, uh, another website. Um, I'll give you all the details as they become available, but uh, it also involves t-shirts, so uh, stay tuned for that. And remember, again, go to oldschoolshirts.com. It's the best way to support the show. If you buy a t-shirt, it helps us, trust me. Um, and like, we're in a ton of cities now, and we're going to be adding more cities in the coming weeks and adding more uh, merch as well. So if you dig some you know, old stores, defunct sports teams from your town that aren't around anymore, but you still remember and love, uh, do check out oldschoolshirts.com. All right, so Song of the Week is from The Pains of Being Pure at Heart, and we've heard two tracks from this album so far as Song of the Week. We heard My Only, and we heard oh, When I Dance with You, and My Only heard again last week on the Top 6 of 2017. It was in my Top 6, so do check that out. And back in August, we heard When I Dance with You. Uh, falling Apart So Slow uh, sounds a little different, still fits in The Pains of Being Pure at Heart sound, but it sounds more, even more... Uh, I don't want to say jangle poppy, but kind of more in, it's a little more guitar-y, which is kind of cool, and uh, definitely a, a driving tune, probably one of the more upbeat tunes in the Pains of Being Pure at Heart catalog, so uh, I think this is going to be a big song to start the year, Falling Apart So Slow is the name of the track, it's our song of the week on PF State Recorder, so long and thanks for listening. <laughs>